And now, it's time for Wheel Nerds. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 177. I'm Chuck. And I'm Todd. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And power! Ultimate power? Mm, well, maybe not ultimate power, but... <laughs> No, just lots of power. Power, power, power. So I have a problem with power with oh, Bandit. Too much of it? Uh, no, there's no such thing. Okay. Um, okay, occasionally, maybe a little bit. Like, what's your power? What's your, what's your power problem? It's over 9,000! My power problem has to do with, uh, with, uh, electrical power. So the Bandit's got a pretty good alternator on it. It'll make 450 watts at, uh, maximum. Okay, but you just have a. Well, the problem is, is that when I ride to work, I'm not riding the bandit at maximum spin, right? Yeah, you're just kind of. I'm just putzing along. Yeah. The bandit at maximum RPM is wheeling. Cause you're like five minutes from work? Uh, 20. 20? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it was shorter, it wouldn't be as big a deal. Okay. So I'm riding along and I stop at stoplights and I wait at stoplights and I get going again. I'm never really, you know, like going up in the rev range of the bandit because basically I don't want to take off like a rocket ship or do a wheelie. Okay. Which are basically the things the bandit does. Pussy. <laughs> Yeah, wait for it. Um, so anyway, the, the, I'm not making that much electricity, so I'm not making that much charge. And so my jacket and my gloves are draining just the battery. Just drinking the shit out of here. Just drinking the shit out of the battery. <laughs> anyway, it charges back up a little bit and it'll work for a bit, but then I'm at a stoplight and it'll be like, suddenly the jacket turns off and the headlight's going, whoa. whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, this is terrible. <clears throat> so I'm like, okay, this, this is a bitch. Okay. Um, Maybe the alternator is no good. No, the alternator is putting out plenty of power. It's just that I'm not spinning it up to full power, right? Yeah. And, you know, the bike only has one shitty headlight. So, you know, it's going to pull what it's going to pull. Yeah. I'm not getting rid of the jacket and the gloves. No way, no how. Still kind of cold. <laughs> Still kind of cold. So I'm like, all right. I guess the problem here is I need a bigger reserve. You need a bigger battery. And that's what I'm, yeah. Like, More battery. Second, I need a bigger battery. Because the Bandit's stock battery is, you look at it from the top, and it's like, oh, that's not such a small motorcycle battery. Yeah. No. What it is is a little short, fat battery. <laughs> it's like the Barney Rebel's feet battery. But fortunately, you have space for a battery. As it happens, I do. <laughs> you have plenty of space for a battery. One trip to West Marine later, <laughs> I have a 1U battery box in the trunk of the sidecar, so now the weight's over there. Okay, I've nice. got an absolutely immense battery in it. Nice. Um, and a six gauge uh, welding cable running across from the sidecar into the bike. Oh, okay. And then I turned the, the when I did what is I turned the actual, like, there's a glove box under the seat of the bandit. Mm -hmm. And when I say glove, I'm talking like singular glove okay. box. A little paper box. Yeah. And so I turned the, uh, turned the paper box into a junction box. So oh, now there's okay. places to plug things in in there and tie things in. And it oh, all nice. looks very professional. Oh, very cool. Apart from the holes, which are not very professionally made. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. You used your dick, didn't you? No, no. I, I would use a drill. I know. I would have totally used my dick. That's your excuse. That that's your answer for everything. It's that or turbo. I yeah, and I don't see I'm, the problem. I'm just saying that's you know, that's kind of your thing. You should see you what know, happens when right? I use turbo dick. <laughs> I don't think anyone is ready to see that. Turbo dick, 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 turbo dick. Coming to a town near you. Please no. Hide your daughters. Please no. Hide the nuns. Oh, God. Turbo Dick is coming to town. Running for my life now. <laughs> in, Very fast. In 3D surround sound. But yeah, so the uh, the new battery, though, is working great. I plug it into a tender at night, and it charges up, because I'm just, you know, I'm not making Still not, yeah. near enough charge into it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it's got so much reserve that I can put it on the tender, and no problem. 
Nice. Yeah. That is very cool. Mm-hmm. Now, while I'm riding my Bandit, which is entirely too powerful, I'm always wearing my Helite Moto Turtle Vest. This show, by the way, is brought to you by the good folks at Helite Moto. That's HelightMoto.com. Our turtle vests are awesome. How's your how's your new one doing? Uh, it's still very clean. I haven't been riding. I've been driving my car. Oh, that's right. You've been you've been getting in your car and going. Me, 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 me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, 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 me. It's cool. Yeah. Me, uh, me, 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 me. You have a Ural with a big windshield and actual like protection from the wind. You should be enjoying life with it. I know. Well, I don't have a heated jacket. Oh, what that, happened to yours? You saw me in it. Oh, right, right. Chuck happened to yours. <laughs> he looks like a stuffed sausage. It's hilarious. I'm too fat for it. I'm not sure it's fat that's the problem. It's a, it, it is not comfortable to wear. He's going to Incredible Hulk right out of it, and it's going to be hilarious until I've, it electrocutes him. I've played around with the idea of just, you know, insulating up in layers and putting on the stitch and seeing mm-hmm. how that goes. Yeah, probably okay. But then I'm always running late to work in the morning. So yeah, and then you get to work and you're like, yeah, I've got, I've got like a, like a 10, 15 minute getting shit on, getting shit off sequence. Ask Julie. I am the last person in the work every single day. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm staggering I am, in. I am. Smelling of liquor and other people's socks. Everyone's stand-ups are like, you know, getting out by the time I walk into work. Mm-hmm. So like adding the, the 20, minute operation of trying to get into clothes. You'd basically be at work by the time it's time to leave. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Might as well leave this on. Well, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not staying long. I should ride though. Cause I miss it. It's, it's, I could ride a bike right now. It's nice. Yeah. No kidding. It's been wonderfully nice. The Strom is all buttoned back up. Except I keep getting pulled over. Yeah. I've been getting pulled over left and right lately. Really? Yeah. Are they checking your immigration status? <laughs> that shit would be really funny. I'm Japanese. <laughs> Immigrationo statuso. I am not going to say that. I'm going to be like, yes, sir. I am so white. <laughs> Ten generations back. Good day, sir. Good day. Hello, sir. I was just eating my bologna and American cheese sandwich with a extra mayonnaise. That's what we want. We like, right? There is no spicy anything anywhere in this car. <laughs> no, I get pulled over for weird stuff. <laughs> Like not taking care of your freaking car? Um, yeah. So I got pulled over for, uh, this, this will make you laugh because you complained about it literally. Mm. Oh, do the tell. Day after it happened. Do tell. I got pulled over for crossing three lanes without using a turn signal. Wow, you're a jackass. It was two o'clock in the morning. Uh huh. There was nobody there except the cop. Oh, okay. And he was just sitting on the curb. Who am I signaling to? Jesus? You you go by you come you come across the three lanes and he looks up and goes, "Mother of God!" <laughs> <laughs> so he pulls me over. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You been drinking?" Nope. No. No. <laughs> like like follow my finger. Literally does the, the little yeah the little finger thing. And then he sticks his head in my car. And he's like, "I smell something." And I'm like, and uh. hand to God, I had not been drinking. Yeah. I had been at work. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what you smell. <laughs> and he looks and he's like, maybe it's your air freshener. I'm like, maybe it's that. Could be. Takes my license registration. And he's like, oh, you have a concealed carry permit. Yep. Yes, I do. Are you armed? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you are just no, Mr. No Fun for that pullover. I am. He takes it, takes it, go back to his car. 
he doesn't even sit in the car. Comes running back, throws the papers at me. He's like, "Use your signal next time." Runs back to his car, takes off. Yeah, well, he got he just got a call for something important. <laughs> he got a call for something. Other than the most boring man alive, <laughs> I pulled this guy over, and he's super boring. Is anybody getting shot? Please say yes. I just want to go. He keeps talking to me. Yeah, it was he. He got something far more exciting. Yep. And the uh, the other one that pulled me over. Um, holy shit! What did he say to me? Oh yeah, I'm going. I'm, Long dramatic pause. I got a blank as to what he did. He said, "Play the best song <laughs> in the world. No. I'll eat your soul." It was. No? It was. Uh, Good luck getting that out of your head, listeners. <laughs> Holy crap! I can't remember why he pulled me over. I wasn't doing anything wrong. Mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I don't remember why he pulled me over. Mm-hmm. Douchebaggery. The Chuck Dirtbag effect. I just remember he it did. It was clearly the Chuck Dirtbag effect. He's I like, <laughs> that guy's a dirtbag. And he went by at like 64. And he's like, mother of God. <laughs> Why do cops say that when they go by? I don't know. Every time you go by. It's like they see mother the white of whale. <laughs> <laughs> they see Moby Dick and they come after me. Oh, my God. I'm drawing a blank. Oh, this mm-hmm. is so bad. Mm-hmm. Why he pulled me over? Mm-hmm. He was you, probably because you were drunk and can't remember. Why you pulled over. <laughs> I mean, I threw my joint in his face. But were you, were you backing it into parking spaces the way I do without mm-hmm. using reverse gear? <laughs> no. no, 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 no. He's a. Uh, oh man, I forgot why he pulled me over. It was like he wanted to tell me something. Cops <laughs> pulled me over to do that. <laughs> hey, hey, what? Nice night, isn't it? Well, I got pulled over one time on the bill. The cop comes up. He's like. You know, latch on your case is loose. Oh, I'm like, that's nice of him. Yeah, I'm like, well, it's a top opening thing. I'm, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dude. Yeah. All right. I, I, I'd appreciate that, actually. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not a huge complaint, but it's odd. Well, Cop- he's, he's probably, he's probably A, a little bored, and B, he's like, I can help that guy out and I won't have to go and talk to the person <laughs> who just got hit by shit from his bike. I, I, that would be an improvement to my night. I, safety I guess. for everybody. It's uh well you know it's a it's a top opening case sure so it was so. it wasn't even flopping around or nothing it was yeah, just, yeah, yeah. he's I don't even know how he noticed because it's just mm. yeah he's checking out your bill I guess he's checking out the bill oh shit what did the second guy pull me over for this is gonna fucking bug me listeners we'd like to hear your ideas about what the other cop why pulled Chuck the, over for why can't I re- oh I'm so old the winner will receive my a free brain. set of Wheel Nerds merchandise my brain doesn't work. Why did the cop pull me over? Yes. <laughs> Send like in your s- entries today story. to the Why Did Chuck Get Pulled Over contest, which I have just made up and is now a thing. Why, why was I pulled over? I didn't get a ticket. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't get arrested. And that's all you need to know. <sighs> yep. That's all you need to that's know. That's so weird. Oh, my God. Oh, well, yeah, we have another sponsor. Yes, yes. If only the cop could have called you on your Senna headset. Senna, we remember how to say it right. Yeah, I got it right this time. I even wrote it down. <laughs> Brought to you by Senna, the makers of the nice Bluetooth headset stuff that we like mm-hmm. to use. So I looked at the video that I took with the uh, 10C I've got. Okay. It's really good video. Of your dick? No. 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 <laughs> Unfortunately, it's really good video of you, me commuting to work. You guys want to see my video? No. <laughs> so it took really good, extremely boring video. Turbo dick. Which I don't think is down to the Senate at all. Okay. Just, well, your commu- it's your commute. I mean, how exciting is it going to be? Not. I need to be filming mine where I'm, cops are pulling me over. Their cops are pulling you over left and right. Is that thing on? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't yep. know. Are yours on? Yes, all three. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's that's cool. All right. 
Boy. Hey, look, I'm filming you filming me. Boy. Hi, Mom. Filmception. <laughs> how why did the strum go by and blow its horn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's going to bug me for the rest of the night now. Well, don't worry, the listeners are going to come up with something good. I know, but uh, it's going to bug me. I know what would make you feel better. Turbo Dick? Um, well, that's a personal choice. I have just named this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turbo Dick. Turbo Dick does all the things a Turbo Dick does. Is it fast? 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. (laughs) Here comes a Turbo Dick. All right. Starting ad. We know, Chuck, that you want another fast bike. It's a new year, new bike. Yeah. New year, new bike. Um, so you need something fast. It needs to be as cool or, you know, at least cool in a similar way. Yeah. So I've got one for you. Check this one out. 2015 KTM 1290R. Nice. That sounds good. Very oh, face eater. Very low miles. And wait for it. I have all the receipts. Runs and rides great. Mm-hmm. It's $2,500 and $2,514. Yes. It's a bargain, man. I feel like I should go buy this. $2,500. This is a sweet deal. For 2015 KTM 1290R. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which is basically a giant ass engine with wheels. $2,500. Yeah, yeah. It's a parking man. Yeah, just go meet this guy on a, on a you know, a, a street. Dark road. Somewhere. <laughs> Alone. You know, I'm not, I'm just, I, there's no way this is a trap. With a pocket full of cash? Yeah, yeah. Bring the, bring the cash. Bring, bring $2,500. $2,514. This is either the world's baddest trap or a mm-hmm. really, really ugly divorce. Yeah, could be. Here's the part that I really get. Okay. So you're setting a price and you're setting an unrealistic price. Yeah. Why would you set an unrealistic price this specific? You know what that looks like? Mm-hmm. A loan payoff. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Or a stolen bike. <laughs> I'm going with the second one. <laughs> I have all the receipts, you know, handwritten. If you got a bike that's probably worth 10 grand, you don't sell it for 2500 because that's your loan. I, something's really wrong with I have this. all the receipts that were in the bag that was on the back of when <laughs> I stole it. There's one for Wegmans, and here's one for, uh, you know, the video store, because uh-huh, that's uh-huh. still a thing, apparently. Yeah. And, you know... The, yeah. Are video stores still a thing? Well, adult video stores are, in as much as you can go and buy, you know... Adult videos? I like adult videos. I don't think adult videos are even a thing anymore. I mean, you could, like, learn things, like going to the adult school at the Learning Annex. Mm-hmm. It's like that. It's basket just like weaving that. and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things you learn is how not to go down a dark alley with a guy who's <laughs> selling a bike for $2,500. With a pocket full of cash. With a pocket full of cash. Yeah. <laughs> go down here. I'm my friends, and I will meet you there. Sounds good. Wow, what a deal. I'll bring this a six-pack. Cool, right? How could you not get this? It's like you can't afford not to get this bike. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this one I thought was interesting. Okay. Motorcycle VIN scam alert, $5,700. Wow, that is pretty spendy. Um, <laughs> I don't know aware. why they bothered to put a price. Please be aware of a VIN scam. Someone responds to your post. They say they're interested in buying your motorcycle. They ask you to send them a VIN report. The key part of this scam is they request you to visit a specific link... Where these crooks can collect your valuable credit card info. They say they're going to reimburse you. No, I didn't fall for this scam. Again, beware. Really? (laughs) Really? Someone was this fucking dumb? 
They wouldn't do it unless someone did it. Oh, my God. Hey, go to this link at, you know, www.notafuckingtrap.com. Sure. And enter your credit card info, and that'll get us a VIN report. What? Yeah. Good. No. Yeah. I could totally see people falling for this. They just get the email that says, oh, yeah, it's easy. I just need a VIN report. Click, VIN report. click the click, link click. that says VIN report. Just, you know, it's like $10 for the report. I'll give it to you. Oh, God. There. Oh, my God. There it is. I just, I really... People fall for this kind of stuff. That's I mean, I know they do, because they're stupid, but don't be stupid. If somebody really wants a VIN report on your motorcycle, you go to Carfax. Mm-hmm. Okay? I think he's selling a 2012 Triumph Bonneville for 5700 Well, he was, until he got <laughs> sucked in. And now they've <laughs> emptied his credit card, because he got a VIN report. That seems a little low to me, too. $5,700? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, you know, I, last time I bought a motorcycle VIN scam alert, mm -hmm. I bought it for six grand. <laughs> so, you know, this isn't too far off. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, it has to do with where you are mm -hmm. and the time of year. You know, when you're buying a VIN scam, it's important to really suss it out beforehand. Because sometimes the VIN scam can seem really good at first, but turn out to be a, a con of a con. You know, one of those oh, reverse yeah. con okay. things. Yeah. yeah and that's, Where they that's give no you good. money. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, you know, that, and you're like, well, shit, this got awkward. That's annoying. Yeah. 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 You know, I mean, and then they're demanding pictures of your turbo deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's on and on and on. But yeah, the, the 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 check your sources. You know, if somebody wants to escrow for a motorcycle, it's not unreasonable. <laughs> if it's not like escrow.com or a place that's linked by a major site, don't fucking go there. <laughs> escrow.com is the one recommended by eBay. Don't actually use them; they're dickheads. Oh, um, okay. You know, I've never dealt would with be them. My, I, I did. I shouldn't have. I should have just. Really, what happened? Uh, they just they just charge all sorts of sneaky fees, ass fees and oh. bullshit. Yeah. In retrospect, I should have just fucking floated the two thousand dollar check and dealt with the bullshit through my bank. Oh wow. Okay. Um, you know, like yeah, it was totally not worth the trouble and time. And what were you buying? The sidecar rig. Oh okay. Because so this I, is recent. This is well, I was okay. buying it sight unseen. Right. Okay. Like I had never met the dude, seen the dude. Well, you know, it was a box anything. of dicks. Yeah, I never actually even spoken with him on the phone. Okay. I, I texted with him. Okay. So I don't fucking know this guy from anybody, uh -huh. you know, but I knew he had a good rig because my buddy took pictures of it. Okay. So someone saw it. Yeah. Yeah. But I was, you know, so I was, I was mildly edgy about the whole thing. Okay. You know, so I did that and it, it did what, it did what it said on the tin, but it was a colossal pain in the ass. Well, what kind of fees do they I was, oh, there's like the, there's the, uh, there's the, you can either, you can send a check, but there's an extra fee for that. Or you do a wire transfer, which your bank charges you a fee. They've got, you know, they got the expected, like, asshole fees. You know, they got okay. the expected, like, handling fee on top of it. That's how they make their money. Okay. But then, like, the guy who goes and gets the money on, he's like, uh, did you already pay a thing for this? Because they, like, charge me money to get money on. I'm like, they fucking charge you money? He's like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. I'm sorry. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they got us coming and going. They, those, those guys, yeah, don't. Don't do it. Okay. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. Yeah. Helpful hint for the listeners. But, you know, I mean, if it's, I, I don't know. If it's big enough, at least check that it's somebody somewhat reputable. I guess, yeah. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't just go click on vinscam.com to enjoy your vinscam. <laughs> it's not a real vinscam. It's a fake one. It's uh -huh. crap. So here is a 2009 Kawasaki KLX450R mm -hmm. that was a prop in the movie Priest. Yeah, the Paul Bettany movie with the, mm -hmm. uh, the weird motorcycles. Uh huh. This is, looking at it, this is one of the bad guy bikes from the the climactic fight at Certain, the end. Yes. Well, the ones the ones that they rode are wildly impractical, and, and, and they they had side wheels. Yes. Little, uh, 
yeah. training wheels. Mm-hmm. Why own a regular dirt bike when you can own one from the 2011 film Priest? Which is a superb movie with great acting, and it practically is uh, its almost a shoe-in for a wheel nerds movie. I liked it. This 2009 KLX 450R is almost like new and then aged down by the special effects department to fit the apocalyptic vibe of the movie, along with some added stylized pieces that will stand out from the crowd. Take this bike out to the dunes and stop people in their tracks, mm-hmm. especially when you dress like a radioactive mutant and demand their pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes into a little thing about blah, the movie. Blah, movie. Uh, this bike may have inherited the lightweight engine and chassis from the multiple championship winning KX450F motocrosser, but is much more than a high-strung racer. Designed for the rigors of blah, 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 blah. boring, boring, boring. Comes with a certificate of authenticity and clear title. This bike will clearly be worth several dollars <laughs> less than you bought it for a couple yeah. of years after you buy it. Because they purposely made it look like a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's got the it's got the faux rust and all that all over it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, which you know, it, it, it's it looks like a painted Warhammer figure. Honestly, is what it reminds me of. Okay, you know when they do they, people take these painstaking uh-huh. painting on the grime and the uh-huh. and the grim you, darkness of you, the far future. You did that, didn't you, Todd? In the grim darkness of the far future, there is only this bike. In the grim darkness of of that basement room there was a little t- wee todd listening to nirvana <laughs> with a collection of so figures, angry figures and angry at the world fingers stained with paint no sex angry <laughs> like no like, girls would look at him like miserably struggling over angry. The, the rust stain angry and the and the, the lines no that's ridiculous i did not do those things i played i played eldar i was struggling over making sure the avatar looked like he was burning I've said too much. Wow. You should buy this bike. <laughs> wow. That's, wow. <laughs> <clears throat> Trike for sale. Wow. $10,000. What a tonga. Wow. Yep. Built no, 20... I'm still on the other one. Wow. <laughs> Settle in, Chuck. I thought you were a chaos player. No, that came later. Oh, okay. I didn't choose chaos, Chuck. Chaos chose you. Mm-hmm. The chaos life chose you. Mm-hmm. Built in 2010, color plum, Harley front and front tire is a blah, blah, blah. Rear tires are something else. Uh, Unique chrome wheels, four-speed with reverse lock. That's a VW motor, of course, from 1941. From 1641 VW motor. Comes with a trailer and what? a front <laughs> tail tongue. Shh, just, just drink it all in. Attaches to your receiver. The trike has 4,000-plus miles on it, runs great, and drives great. It has fog lights and plenty of rear lights as well. Easy to see. It has a radio and stick player. What? A nice lunchbox for your goodies. Like a USB? Harley windshield as well. If you're about trikes, this one you have to see. I have to sell or I would not. Exclamation points. Call merch! Call ASAP! Prices firm! Title and hint! Registered and tag! Thanks for looking. (laughs) This is a nice looking trike. Yes, it is a nice looking trike. I like the way he gets increasingly manic as it goes on. <laughs> I think that really brings it together for me. Please sell! Marcel! Marcel! Yeah, this is actually a genuinely really nice trike. Yeah. Uh, this is pretty. Yeah. Yeah, I spent some time on it. He's got the, uh, oh, there's the diamond his lunch plate box. Lunch yeah. Box. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there he is working yep. on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I worked on this trike. It was nice. The and I have trailer. a little trailer. I kind of want the trailer, to be honest. Trailer Trailer's matches. Nice, nice guy. That, mm-hmm. that is a pretty cool bike. It's a, it's a nice truck. Trike. Oh, cup holders. Yes. <laughs> now, I, I haven't seen a Volkswagen motor that old, I would say. But, you know, whatever. Maybe he found one. 
1641 Volkswagen motor. I don't know what that's from. I'm pretty sure that's a horse. <laughs> 1641 Volkswagen motor is most assuredly a horse. You're saying this is 1641 AD? Well, theoretically. This, this is from the Middle Ages? Yes. A motor? No, it wouldn't be from the Middle Ages. This would be from the Victorian era. From Volkswagen? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's actually just a horse. In the far There's a horse inside that box. In the grim darkness of the far-flung past yes. was a Volkswagen there was horse. There's only Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, mean, I see you've, you've figured it out. Do you That's... want to go paint it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, are you saying Are you saying if we went back in time and we were the first ones to paint a donkey like a zebra, <laughs> we could make a fortune with it? Yes, we could. Interesting. We could tour the world Intriguing. with our donkey horse. <laughs> donkey zebra. Donkey zebra. Donkey horse. Unicorn. And we'll put a horn on it. Make it a unicorn. Ooh, solid. Uni yes. zebra. Uni zebra. Uni zebra horn. Oh, we need it. We need it. You know, we could probably do the unicorn thing now. Yeah. <laughs> it could work. It could work. Yeah, whoever, whoever built this really actually thought it through. Like, what would, what would make this kind of pleasant and useful? Well, I need a place to put lunch. They'll keep it cold. Yeah, that'll work. It needs the big ass comfy car seats. Yeah, okay. No yeah. problem. It's a trike. I don't know if I'd be comfortable in that seat, though. The back seat. Yeah, I don't know. There's not much space between no, the back seat and no the front. No legroom, yeah. No, he no, he no was like, room. you've got to be straddling me, you woman. straddle me. Well, I'm straddling a seat. Quiet, yeah, straddle me. Yeah, put those legs around me. Yep. Uh, We're going to go at the full, awesome speed of the Volkswagen motor. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horse, so it's making horse noises. Oh, sorry. There you go. That's That's nice. That's so nice. <laughs> Dare I say it? A little romantic. You know, the horse-drawn carriages are a big thing, you know, right? That's that's this, where you. This room is far too tiny for you to be talking romance. Thoughts of romance don't enter into the Wheelnerd Studio. <laughs> What's last? Well, this one's the one you need. Huh? This is weird. Yeah. Yeah. How did that happen? It's a uh, new 2016 Yamaha XSR 900. Huh, that's funny. Isn't that the one that's kind of like an old school bike with the, uh, with the, the FC9 motor? The triple, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And th th that's weird. How did this end up I in here? I don't know. It just slipped down in. Um, there's it's the sneakiest thing. There's nothing really funny about this ad. No, there's nothing funny about this ad it's at all. It's a pretty straight just, dealer ad. Yeah, it's just a dealer ad for the XSR900. Uh huh. I wonder how that slipped in there. I don't, I don't know. Chuck, uh, tell us. So, some of you listeners may recall in a previous show, Chuck was talking about how much he liked the look of the street scrambler. Yes. So Chuck was asking me this week, hey, Todd, I, I talked me out of buying a street scrambler. And I said this, it's got the same engine as the Thruxton. Which isn't technically true. True. They, they put a new motor in it for uh -huh. the new, the new year. And? It's not that much better. <laughs> <laughs> it was a few more horsepower and a few less torque. Uh huh. If I remember the numbers right. Yes. So, so, so even peakier and more blah at the bottom end. Yeah. Yeah, just we're all on the same page here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you'd have a neat-looking bike that was blah, which if I'm going to go out on a limb here, you just described the Thruxton. Yeah. That What's was... neat? How's it ride? Blah. Yeah, I already had that bike. <laughs> I already had blah. I already had blah. But it did look pretty. It did, did look pretty. pretty. I did like it. Yeah, and it occurred to me that, you know, you love the FC09's motor. Yep. And you want something that looks a little more retro. Um, that's pretty much what they built here. Yes. Like, by the numbers, that's what they built. Yep. The XSR 900. It is pretty, pretty snazzy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think this would be a nice addition to your automotive lifestyle. I think this is the bike you've been waiting for. This would be, I think, a good addition to my my automotive lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Motor, motomotive, motive, motive, motory, motorific. You might have to buy some tighter jeans for it. That's I don't have to buy them. You have a whole closet full of them. <laughs> I have nothing but tight jeans in my closet. Jeans, jeans are becoming a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that'll that'll teach you to not skip leg day. <laughs> so so fat. <laughs> I don't know if I could pull off the jeans that this guy's wearing, but no, that guy's jeans look like my sister's jeans. Uh-huh. Uh. No, it's not even true. No, my sister's a biker and a biathlete. She uh, she couldn't fit in those jeans. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a pretty bike, mm-hmm. and it you know with that the FC motor in it. Yep pretty pretty appealing i think this would be ripping one of the other nice little things about this that a few of the uh the magazines note is they're like you know it's wicked fun a lot like the fc09 mm-hmm. got a much bigger tank mm-hmm. so it goes further on the tank and it has a lot of options for uh, customizing oh yes well you have to be able to customize it so you can ride it in your three-quarter shitbox helmet with no face shield while uh-huh. wearing tight jeans uh-huh like one of the pictures of it on uh, Yamaha's site, kind of, they were uh, made it look like a cafe racer with the yep. down low bars, you know, bar end mirrors. That is way too hipstery. Yep, there's two oh. hipster people riding hipstery, and they didn't adjust the rear suspension, so it's all squatty. Uh. <laughs> My favorite picture by far is this d bag. He's riding along in his jacket and his like heavy pants, and he's got his brown work boots on and his his black helm. Full face. A, a black full face helmet. Uh, you know what? We need to move on. I don't like this picture anymore. <laughs> Who wears brown work boots on a shit? <laughs> Is that you? No, it's not me. <laughs> it could be you. It could totally be me. <laughs> All he needs is a high-vis vest. Yep. Throw a high-vis vest on him, and it's me. <laughs> high-vis, made by Helite. Riding his, riding his bike along at totally sane speeds and totally sane lean angles. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's what I'm all about. Uh... I'm sure you're big into lean angles on the bandit. Very, it, uh, not really on the bandit. <laughs> no. Have no, you I, been riding the Strom at all? Uh, no. Okay. No, I just barely got the Strom back together. I did all the valves, refilled the cooling oh, okay. a whole bit. One valve was out of spec. God damn it. Right? Right rear intake? You had one job. Oh. All the other v- valves were fine. Not you, right rear intake. Not you. You, you feel like you have feelings. You sound like you have feelings. I have feelings. You have feelings. Well, here's the here's the thing. The Strom has relatively easy valves to adjust, right? It's shim under bucket, but it's got gear-driven cams. So, like, you don't have to fiddle DD with a chain or anything. You just lift the camshaft off. Okay. And the gear comes off. Okay. The problem is you make your little marks and you bring the gear off. And every time you're putting it back on, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, am I just right? Is it totally aligned? Is it right? Did the engine, like, settle a little? Like, did the weight of one of the pistons move it? Is that why the marks don't seem 100% perfect? Or did I just mark them imperfectly? Oh, God, Chuck, what's going to happen? <laughs> anyway, that's pretty much the experience every single time. I don't I don't want to sign up for that. It's not it's that scary to take the camshafts off, but it's a little scary. <laughs> okay, then. But, yeah, yeah, I went into Honda. Now, here's the crazy thing that happened. So I go to Wright's, and I um, they don't have the shims there that I need. Okay. Um, I get spark plugs one there. And so I go to the place I don't go. Honda Suzuki. Honda Suzuki. Yeah. Here's the really, really absolutely fucked up and completely crazy and unexpected part. I get to Honda Suzuki, and I get really good service. <laughs> like, everyone's really nice, 
and they're really helpful. Now, some of this is I note. I'm talking to these dudes. These are dudes. Okay, these are bros. They're like late 20s, early 30s bros. Okay. Working. There's one bro in the back. He's. I'm like, hey, I need, uh, I got a shim from my Strom. I need to just get a, see if I can swap it out for another shim. He's like, oh yeah, go in the back. Jeff's back there. If it's, if it's the size we got a bunch of, he's happy to swap them. I'm like, cool, thanks. Okay. Stroll on in the back and yeah. Jeff's back there. And, you know, there's a guy back there who has a cool Pacific Coast wheel. So I'm chatting with him about Stroms because he's thinking of buying one. Jeff's like, oh, yeah, no problem. Let me take a look at that. And pulls out his caliper and he checks it. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Hang on. You know, just to make sure it's actually the size I think it is. Okay. Goes back, swaps it out, gives me a moon. I was like, there you go, man. You need anything else? I'm like, no. I'm like, the fuck am I? Because <laughs> this ain't Honda fucking Suzuki. This is some parallel, bizarro universe. Wait. Like, And it didn't smell funny either. That it, was the other part. It's winter. Yeah. What are they doing? That's right. All the cranky old guys are gone. <laughs> it's just those guys. Well, that's the funny part. It didn't even smell funny either. That place always had that weird funk. Like it smells kind of a little, almost like a Harbor Freight. Okay. Not yeah. quite, but a little like a Harbor Freight. Maybe they cleaned the carpets? I don't, I don't know, dude. Or it was did... bizarre. It was like walking into a different dealership. Huh. Good service, no smell. I don't know, man. Freaking out. <laughs> You're like, I need to, I want to go back now. I am now in Bizarro World. <laughs> well, I didn't, I let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> you know. Hmm. Mm. So an XSR 900. Yeah, I think, I think an XSR 900 is in the future. I could test ride one of those. You could. I well, just find where the demo truck is. Mm-hmm. They seem to be doing demos all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they seem to be demo, they seem to be selling a lot of them, I suspect, from the demos. Everybody rides an FZ09 or similar and they're yep. like, I need one of these now. And with the new the uh, uh, new year, 2017 FZ09, a lot of are saying they've uh, improved the bike considerably mm-hmm. over earlier versions of yep. like the fuel injection. Sure. And it's got all the electric uh, doodads you want now. Mm-hmm. The gauge cluster on the XSR looks pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, you just look at it, and it just looks like that single old school mm-hmm. Speedo, but it's like full digital. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. If I remember it right. So so it's like an Instagram photo is your speedometer now? Yeah. Just so we're all on the same page. Speaking of, what do you think of our new profile thing? The picture. That is pretty awesome. That's cool, right? Not going to lie. I particularly like the high-vis vest on me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I thought uh, you, would li- you would like the picture. Yes. If you're interested in a picture like that, uh, you should look up Red Pill Junkie. Mm-hmm. All one word on Facebook. Um, he's doing art on the side, little cartoon mm-hmm. caricature stuff like that. So just go to facebook.com slash red pill junkie. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty, pretty cool guy. He lives down in Mexico City. Oh, neat. Yeah. All right. So tonight we're going to talk a bit with the owner and operator of one of our local speed shops, Kelly and his son Gage. All right. So we're on with Kelly Reese and Gage Reese. Uh, Two riders who are pretty fast in the case of Kelly and quite fast in the case of Gage. Um, Kelly runs one of our local speed shops, and Gage is a racer. How's it going, guys? Good. How are you? Doing great. You should say the name of the speed shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, <laughs> Trackstar Racing. Trackstar1.com. Yay, Trackstar. Yeah, so so uh, you guys are uh, out at Chuckwalla right now, right? Yeah, we just finished up. Um, we did a three-day rider development camp with Ridiculous Racing mm-hmm. and uh, Ken Hill Coaching. We had 
Gage and Daytona, who are the two pro riders for Ridiculous. And then we had three of the uh, Road Racing World M4 Suzuki riders out test or uh, riding with us, too. Ooh. And then today we did a private test of just our race team. Oh, cool. So how long did it take you to get used to saying Rick Ridiculous? Um, I tripped over my tongue for a while. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. It's happening. <laughs> it is going on at this moment. What, what's the development camp all about? Um, so the Rider Development Camp is a really cool program. It's uh, pretty much only for up-and-coming racers, and it's an invite-only situation. Mm. It's it's just a school that's developed around um, bringing young racers up to speed and working on their technique and their talents uh, to to get them on the grid and get them to get them up to speed quickly. Uh, but we also work on media presentation, uh, personal presentations, sponsorship, health and wellness. I mean, it's it's a complete program that that maybe helps these kids, uh, you know, not just get thrown in the deep end so much, and, and they can walk in at 16, 17, 18 years old with with a real professional program and, and the right information behind them rather than just getting advice from, you know, random people on how they should be running their program. Are you implying that some dude at the track is not the best source of information for things? Yeah, some dude at the track is probably the worst source of information <laughs> on the, you know, for the most part. What if it's some but, dude? You know, the, the problem is, is over the years, I mean, there's a lot of great racers out there um, who really worked hard and had strong careers. Um, Josh Hayes, guys like that, I mean, those guys have always – Always had just a really great program and and good PR and and a good clean career and then you get guys who have all the talent in the world and they turn into party animals or or do something stupid and it's it's just a career ender. So I think a big part of the RDC isn't just creating great racers, but it's creating great young men because you know that goes hand in hand. So, so now, how, how did you get hooked up uh, with uh, Rick Diculous? I'll let Gage take that one because that was kind of his doing. Um, it started off with uh, Ken Hill at the Yamaha Champion School. Hmm. Um, we were part of the youth program with the Champ School, and uh, Ken kind of took me over or under his wing. And uh, the Champ School left Utah, and uh, Ridiculous Racing kind of stepped in, and uh, Ken just brought me into that, and it's worked out really well for us. Cool. So now, how did you get your start riding, Gage? I mean, I'm assuming your your dad rides, so, you know, you probably came that way. Or did you just get it somewhere else? No, I got it from my parents. Um, back when I was four years old, I had a, I got a little four-wheeler for Christmas. Um, then 10 minutes of having that, it pretty much ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, right after that, uh, we got a motorcycle, and I just, I gelled with that really well, and yeah, that's kind of where it started and going good now. So, cool. And so, how how old are you now, Gage? I'm 16. Okay. So, so I gotta ask: Are you considering riding a motorcycle on the road, or are you one of those track guys who's like, I never ride on the road; it's dangerous. I'm definitely gonna try and stay on the track. Uh, there's too much happening on the street to uh, to risk that. Hmm. Okay. Do you have a license? Like a I don't. license? No. 
Not yet. I'm working on it. So you have to go to the track. That's like your only outlet. Right. That's awesome. Oh, except he said he didn't ride a motorcycle, so he's going to go and get in, like, the old, like, Mazda 323 hatchback. And <laughs> you know what he needs? A side-by-side. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs a side-by-side. <laughs> okay, so, 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 uh, so, Gage, your racer. Kelly, Kelly, you, you run a racing shop. Uh, did, were you a racer for a while or an amateur racer? Yeah, I raced for a few years. I, I, kind of came back into the fold when they opened up Miller Motorsports Park. Mm-hmm. And I raced, and I, I raced for a few years, and I was marginally good at best. Um, I won a lot of trophies when I was a novice, and then I bumped up to expert. Um, the thing is, is Shane White and a bunch of us that went expert at the same time, we hit our expert licenses right at the peak of, of club racing. Mm-hmm. Where there was, there were guys making fifteen thousand dollars a weekend club racing. So we would show up, you know, with our little hoopty bikes that we'd built, and there's AMA pros rolling in to make a little cash. Hmm. So we kind of got our asses handed to us on a regular basis, and uh, and then Gage started coming up and showing some promise, and it was it was one of those decisions where where do I really want to put my resources? Is it, do I want to keep throwing them at myself or, or do I want to throw them at my kids and, and bring them up and see if they've got the talent because I was too old, too fat, too slow to make it anywhere. So I figured it was, you know, it was a good opportunity to give them a shot and see what they could do. So I stepped out of racing and I did a lot of instructing with the, with the Utah sport bike associations, advanced rider training. Um, I ran the school for a couple of years and that's kind of where I got my outlet Mm-hmm. And uh, we just kind of brought Gage up through the ranks in the process. So, did you ever find yourself in a position where you had to let Gage beat you, or did you just avoid that entirely? No, as a matter of fact, we've only been on the big racetrack together at the same time once um, on equal bikes. And you got a cramp in your leg, that right? And you were like, "Oh, I got no, crushed." I- no, that's a. It's actually a pretty great story because we were out teaching an ART school, and at the time, Gage was racing a Ninja 250, <laughs> and I came around the track and we came onto the pits to kind of reorganize what we were doing. And Dana Wilson, who's a great friend of mine and a great a great friend of the sport in general, um, had rolled his R6. And I mean, this thing's as close to a pro superbike as, you know, as we have around here. And he'd rolled that out onto the track and Gage was sitting on it when I came in. And I think Gage was just barely 12 years old at the time. And I was kind of like, what are you doing? And Dana says, we're going to see if your kid can do this. And <laughs> off we went. And it took about two laps, and I realized I was slower than him, and I just kind of gave up. Hey, pro, pro tip, Gage. Every once in a while, you gotta, you got to let him pass you just like a little bit. That's not fun. <laughs> you just, it's a way you build up his hopes, and then you can crush them yeah. <laughs> over and over and over. That's cool. So did you, like, pull off the track, put the bike down, light it on fire, and walk away in slow motion? <laughs> I would have if it wasn't my wife's bike. <laughs> yeah, in trouble that for that crap. Work out. No, I, I really, honestly, I followed him for three laps just to kind of ease my own stress and saw that 
he was doing what he needed to do, and I pulled off, and I really just sat back and watched and smiled. That must cool. have felt really good watching that. It's it's pretty cool watching all of this go down. I mean, I spent the I spent the last three days or four days watching him ride around with you know Shane Turpin, who's a local oh. legend, <laughs> uh, world champion Scott Russell, uh, Ken Hill, uh, Jake. And, you know, it's just it, to watch a kid ride around with talent like that is just incredible. Yeah, I rode on the back of Shane Turpin's bike. I, I peed a little. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even get on there, buddy. You're a braver man than me. He did, he did <laughs> you know. wouldn't have said that if you could have heard the screaming in my helmet. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know what was going to happen. What am I done? So, 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 so I guess now you're getting all your trophies for being an awesome dad, a, a sports dad. I dare I say it, a super sport dad. Oh, oh, oh God! Somebody, oh, why is everybody looking at me like that? <sighs> that's just, that's just so bad. This, this wow, is, this is yeah, the moment for dad jokes, and it just, it just uh, uh, it's terrible. This is why you know kids beat their dads in races. Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly yeah. for those jokes. So, so. <laughs> So, Gage, your your, uh, your your hobby is definitely slightly atypical of the average Utah sixteen year old. Um, now, when you're when you're at school, as I'm sure happens, there's always there's going to be somebody who's bragging about how his civic with the big new pipe is really fast. How, how do you react in those situations? Is it don't laugh? Is it just sort of like uh huh, whatever? I don't have to react in those situations. I uh, I do online school. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. That actually answers that, that. gets into my question about like, so how do you how do you make the race and the school work? But I guess that's kind of you just take school on the road with you. Yep. Ooh, yeah, I do uh, school through uh, Connections Academy. It's fully online. Um, pretty much the whole schedule uh, just fits to what you need, so we can mm-hmm. travel as much as we need to, and uh, I can still get school done. That's kind of cool. Wow. So you have a very unique life from your average sixteen-year-old. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Now, did I hear that right, that you were racing a Ninja 250 when you were 12? Yeah. Was that the earliest you got onto a 250 when you were 12, or when did you start a 250? Yeah, I jumped on a 250 um, when I was 12, I believe. I was on an RS-125 when I was 11. Wow. Don't let your daughter hear this show, Chuck. <laughs> wow, that's, that's amazing. Did you ever ride, like, a little pocket bike? Uh, I did Supermoto from the time I was five up until I was ten, probably. Um, oh. Just dirt bikes with street wheels, basically. My my daughter still doesn't want to learn how to ride a bike. Oh, well, okay. Fair <laughs> enough. She's happy on a scooter. So you so you so you've really grown up racing then, because uh, yeah. so that's that's an interesting take on it. Now, so I gotta ask uh, uh, Kelly. I, a common thing I hear from parents whose kids do sports that some people may be freaked out by skiing, riding, whatever. Um, is the oh why do you let your kid do that? And the answer is usually something like, well, it's better than drugs and parties. Um, you know, do you feel that way? I mean, is it this is? I mean, clearly you're into it. Yeah, there's there's some give and take in it. Um, I've got, I mean, I know people who have kids who have gotten in trouble, and and I know people whose kids are just you know normal kids. The thing is, is if the way that I see it as is the way the world is now and with all of the distractions and, and all the bad and good and everything else that's going on, if you can keep your kid occupied and focused with something, 
it's a good thing. You can't, you know, that's never a bad thing. Um, if you, you know, we're in a unique situation where, where these kids coming up racing, their level of focus and commitment and, and everything else that goes along with it is extraordinarily high because there's, there's a pretty significant risk involved in what we do. Sure. And, you know, it's not playing video games. You can't, you can't go in this thing half cocked. You've got to be a hundred percent every time you get on the track or bad things happen. And and bad things happen even when you are 100. percent I mean, Gage wrecked one yesterday pretty hard. He's probably doing about 70. Um, you know, and that stuff that's kind of goes along with the territory. So, you know, I think if you can get your kids, it doesn't have to be motorcycles. It doesn't matter if it's soccer, gymnastics, anything that gets these kids out doing something physical and something exciting that they can they can attach themselves to and maybe identify with is going to keep them out of trouble and that, you know, that's never a bad thing. So would you say there should be more young people getting into racing or just getting into something? I think, I think every kid in the world should at least be on a motorcycle, whether they're racing or not, because motorcycles are great things. A mm-hmm. hundred suburban parents just, just <laughs> ate their tongues right now. Right. <laughs> Man, that's really awesome that you know all the all the local dealerships are going yay Kelly yeah that's that's also a little bit lucky that you know because Gage you're 16 now have you have you noticed your dad getting a little lamer as you get into the teenage years oh yeah you know how it is <laughs> no no we don't certainly not <laughs> I've stayed cool yeah I'm still so. cool. So cool. My daughter's done the thing now where she just goes into her room and slams the door. Just goes, Ugh. Yeah, she does. She goes, Ugh, and like stomps upstairs. Nice. She's eight. Nice. Yeah, my mine like to just put on their earbuds and, and just pretend I'm not even there anymore. Okay, pop question for you. Have you ever had to utter the phrase, that's it, mister, you're grounded from this race. Go to your room. <laughs> Not for a long time, but uh, that did happen. <laughs> you know how it is. You find the lever for the kids and you pull it mercilessly. <laughs> yeah. Get off um, of that starting grid and back to your room. <laughs> I mean, all jokes aside, I think that's an that's an important part of you know raising good kids is is you've got to have something that they love that that you, you can, can leverage away. against them not being good kids, I guess. <laughs> Something they love that you can snatch away. <laughs> it's true. Because, you know, if you don't want to lose it, you don't screw up. So now, so speaking, so racing for racing for young folks, uh, how approachable do you think it is for young folks whose dads don't, you know, fix bikes for a living? It's... It, it's not that hard. I mean, there's so many resources out there, and we've taken kids in to the end of the programs who whose parents know nothing about motorcycles. Hmm. the The way that the community works is, I mean, it's kind of like the whole village to raise a kid thing. You show up at the track and start asking questions about how to get your kid into racing, and there's going to be ten people over there helping you do it. Uh, I've had. You know, we've built bikes for kids. We've taken kids out to the track and and taken them through the ART programs and and brought and kind of built their race programs for them. And and mom and dad just kind of kick back and grin and write the checks. But it's not a hard thing to get into. You just have to show up and and start talking to people. Mm. I, I mean, there's there's a thousand people in, across the country who are more than happy to help kids get into racing. You know, that's we're all here to grow the sport. 
And it might be a little selfish because, you know, those of us who are involved in the industry and the sport, you know, the bigger it grows, the better we all do. But, you know, that's kind of our responsibility, too, is to help grow the sport. So now when you, when you talk about racing, you talk about a racing program. And, you know, we've talked to people whose racing program is a, a pile of crap Harbor Freight trailer with a, with a you know, a Gixer on it. Um, h- how involved and how different is it to have a real, like, honest-to-God professional race team versus, you know, a track day kind of setup? Um, <laughs> it's a whole different world. And, and to be honest, we're the program that we're running for 2017 in the Moto America Series you know, we're not taking the semi on the road and we don't have a 10 man crew mm-hmm. and, and we're not doing it that way. We're, we're running out of a, you know, 24 foot bumper pull trailer and a pickup truck. And we've got some, some very talented people involved in it, but we're kind of wanting to go out and show everybody that, you know, you can go out there and, and if you're, if you're participating and if you're working and training and and getting coaching for your rider a semi doesn't win races you know you can go out there and do it you you need to have some quality equipment some quality people around you but you know you don't have to have the whole factory experience go out there and compete and do well you can do it on that harbor freight trailer well i wouldn't go that far (laughs) but it's it's pretty incredible um the we're running a two rider team, so we've basically got A bikes and B bikes for both kids. Um, the B bikes have to be disassembled because it's a one bike roll. But to do this correctly, it's not a small investment of time or money. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes us about three hours to load the trailer up every night, and you know that much time to unload it and set everything up. Um, you know, to build a bike that's gonna that's gonna win a pro race isn't cheap. Uh, and and the time involved is intense, but when you're when you go out on the road, so we've got we've got the Austin test in two weeks, and then I think we have four weeks off, and then we're back to Austin, Dakota for the MotoGP Moto America race weekend, and then the next weekend we're in Georgia. So if you're going to be out on the road for a couple of weeks doing back to back races, you've pretty much got to have everything you possibly need to rebuild those motorcycles in the trailer with you at all times. Mm-hmm. Cause if you wreck one in practice, you've got to be able to rebuild it right. no matter what happened to it. Gage, was he just giving you a look when he said, when you wreck one in practice? <laughs> <laughs> he might have. <laughs> what are the bikes you're riding now? Uh, we're running 2016 Yamaha R6s for this season. Ooh. And they're purple. They're really they are extremely very purple they're beautiful bikes wait till you see them with the wheels all powder covered they're gorgeous oh god i saw that one powder that one wheel paris got with the purple powder coat i didn't know you could do that with powder coat make it sparkly yes. like that that's awesome yeah you do amazing things i'm like i need to go get some sparkly wheels now you're gonna powder coat <laughs> your pants aren't you maybe you're gonna get powder coated sparkly purple pants don't touch me too late <laughs> So, so Gage, what are, what are your goals for the future? I mean, you know, like like most people who are you know professional sports folks, there's always that possibility that it doesn't work or it goes sideways. Uh, what, where do you see yourself in the future? Is there races you want to do? Is there a particular class you want to race in? I mean, my ultimate dream is uh, to win a world champion or a world championship, but uh, 
my goals are to just uh, make a living in racing. I just want to be able to make enough money to live a good life doing what I love. Mm-hmm. We all dream of that. Some of us program computers. Some of us <laughs> race motorcycles. Some of us <laughs> sit in an office, our souls slowly dying minute by minute, hour by hour. Do you refer to your bike as the office? Crying. You should start doing that. Crying. Just <laughs> so, so much crying. Got to go to the office, guys. <laughs> Got to start drinking. <laughs> so so everybody thinks of racing. They're like, get out there, go really fast, loads of fun. So what's what's kind of the, 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 the less fun underbelly of being a professional racer? Um, there's a lot of work that goes into it. Um, I'm in the gym five days a week. I train on bicycles. And then when we're here at the RDCs, uh, there's probably just as much time in the classroom talking about how to be a good rider and what you need to do to be successful, basically, as there is riding. Mm-hmm. Five days in the gym. Wow. Are you I have like- it on good authority that fat guys can ride motorcycles. I guess they just can't ride them so fast, huh? Yeah, it's, it's the speed that counts. Yeah, you know, if you're carrying 20 pounds of extra weight around your belly, you know, that's mm-hmm. 20 pounds is 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 20 pounds is three horsepower. It's going to take three horses to move me. (laughs) (laughs) So when you're in the gym, are you like focused on a cardio kind of program or is it a mix or what are you doing? Um, It's it's a little bit of both. Um, I need to get stronger uh, to uh, be able to throw the bike around for those long Moto America races. But I also train cardio too to uh, try to um, keep my heart rate under control. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So if somebody's looking to make a training program for getting fitter to ride better, what should so cardio? What are the, what are they working for strength? Um, I just do a lot of like high rep, low weight stuff just to kind of build in muscle endurance. Okay. You know what I think cardio is? What? Any set over five reps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it the the training stuff is it's like everything else. Um, it all comes down to core strength, and that's Ken Hill, who's the head coach down here. You'll hear him say core a dozen times a day uh, when guys are making mistakes on the track. If they're turning in early or late or, or having any kinds of problems, you know, his go-to is engage your core. So if your core is not strong, your riding's not going to be strong at that level either. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. So would you guys say that your life is more like the movie Biker Boys or more like the movie Torque? Um, I would lean towards Apocalypse Now a lot of days. <laughs> they haven't seen those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I have, actually. <laughs> but I would, I would lean towards more towards Torque. <laughs> All right. I always suspected everything would go cartoony <laughs> if you go fast enough. <laughs> That's that's a classic of our time. When, you know, it's mm. yeah, it's that's good. Fair. It's a good movie. Yeah, like Fast and Furious with the fourteen-speed transmissions and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, you just yeah. Row, row that gearbox. <laughs> row, row, row. So, um, how many? You mentioned Moto America races are these long races. So, how, how long are we talking long? Uh, they're around forty to fifty miles. Holy crap! How long does that take you guys to do in a race? Uh, it depends on the track. Some tracks have lap times that are around a minute 30. I think Coda has lap times well over two minutes. Wow. How Which, long is a lap? 
That that's the lap time is how long the lap is. No, I mean, but I mean distance. How long is the he, the track's well, fifty miles? He's it's usually the I think. How long is a race? That's what I want to know. <laughs> about thirty to forty minutes. Okay. Stop looking at me like that. <laughs> he just gave you the things to do the math. I don't like to Maybe math. Maybe you need to look up the school he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> don't like to math. Yeah, and that's and that's 30, 40 minutes of working your ass off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I can barely make seven laps in a sprint race, so these kids are strong. Now, do bikes pit during a race, or is it just continuous? Continuous. Oh, well. There is no pit. I need to stop. Bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's not NASCAR. There's no pit stops. Um, you go and and you go to the end. It's you know these kids these these young guys out here. I mean these kids are gladiators. They're working they're working incredibly hard to do what they do. Mine's over here pointing at his ribs right now that he that he dinged up yesterday. So. <laughs> And so, with it, with it, how how long until you get back on a bike with the dinged up ribs, or is this? I guess you, you don't just have suck a lot it up of time. and go? go. I was back on them today. Oh man! Yeah, you suck it up and go. You're an animal. <laughs> so, do you get days where you just like I don't want to get on a bike? No, never. Never. Okay. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess you have to be you know, to perform at this level. Yeah. Totally. I mean, but there's days I'm just like I don't want to do anything. So, so when's when's the uh, when's the first time this season they'll be able to see in a race gauge? I think the Coda race is towards the end of April. I'm not sure on the exact dates, but do they televise those or? Yeah, they televise them on the BN Sports Channel. Sweet. All right, cool. Um, so make sure you check out Kelly's site at uh, trackstar1.com and uh, check out Gage in April when you can see him on the uh, on the telly. Just check out racing in general. Yeah, check yeah. out racing in general. Go out and support the locals. Go out to UMC, show the track that we care, show the local racers we care. Uh, we're we're kind of on a teeter-totter right now, and we don't know which way it's going to lean, whether we're going to have a track or not because of all the stuff that's going on out there. Mm-hmm. Um, get out there and support those guys, man. What's the latest with Miller? I really don't know. The last I heard was was kind of the same thing that got sent out in the press releases in road racing world. Uh, that me time the the Chinese company who was trying to buy it had actually uh, rescinded their offer to purchase the track and kind of told the county that they were going to have to get all this legal stuff sorted out, and if they couldn't do it, they were out. Hmm. Yeah, it seemed kind of like a, a mess. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if this if this little deal is PG thirteen or not, but but the guy from Vegas who's messing the whole thing up is kind of a douchebag. So, oh well, fuck his ass then. There you go. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, Gage. It's, it's been a mess. Ah, <laughs> oh, ugly. Yeah, well, I hope the track sticks around because that's a really nice mm-hmm. facility. Actually, that brings up one question. Do you feel like the uh, the racing is on an upward slant or a downward slant at the you know the amateur level most people can start to interact with? Uh, track days are are way up. the The whole track day side of things growing and and the deal's kind of cyclical where the track days boom and it takes a couple of years for those guys to 
to decide they want to be racers and then the racing kind of starts to boom and then there's a lot of attrition because of talent time money and injuries and and it just kind of goes up and down but right now i think i think we're on a growth cycle um both amateur and pro so it's a good thing to see cool cool it's all economy driven it's just like any other you know hobby sport recreation that's that's slightly more expensive than than soccer you know oh that's very cool all right, so check out Sally's site, watch Gage on the telly, and uh, go to your local track. Support it. Go race. Yeah, thanks Good for coming track. on, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right, cool. You know, you're the less fat of us now. I have to be the fast one? You, you go race. You have the bandit. You yeah, have... it's got a giant anchor on the side of it. Well, yeah, but, you know, you, you, you're the horsepower-y one of us now. No, I'm not. And you're less fat. You have turbo sprint. You're less fat. I have turbo dick. So that's that bike's official name. That's his new on. name. You're going to need a big decal to go with that. You're going you're gonna to have to outdo my hot soup decal. I will have to get it in Japanese just to pass <laughs> local decency standards. <laughs> Turbo dick. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm going to call my cousin up and be like, I need you to write something for me. <laughs> you're going to say it. There's going to be this long pause. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Do you... What? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> it's all right. It's cool. Don't, don't worry about it. But yeah, you're 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 more, much more suited physique wise sort of racing than mm-hmm. me. Well, thank thanks for the thanks for the uh, the, the vote of confidence. Uh, I would watch you race. <laughs> yeah, I'm easy to spot. I'm the guy at the back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember distinctly someone making a meme about how fast they were. <laughs> I remember. Yep. About yep. how much faster they were than, than someone else. I am mad fast. Uh-huh. Okay, here's the one thing I would do. If they did another uh, bring your own day out of the track, yeah. A, I'm lazy and I don't want to swap out the water wetter into the Strom again. Okay. Because I'm lazy. Okay. B, the bandit doesn't have a coolant system. And mm-hmm. I'd need a monkey. You'd want to do the track, like a sidecar racing track uh, style? The track with the bandit. Yeah. You just... You have to find a way to drag me into this, don't you? I absolutely do. I'm fat. I will hold you. You're perfect ballast. I will weigh you down. I will hold you back. You know, the last time I was out there, I was passing the speed triple in the corners, and then we got in the straights, and she left like I was going standing still. So, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, because I'd be in the sidecar, and I'd have a barbell, and I'd be bench pressing. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. it would, eating a donut. The aerodynamics would be all wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, I would totally take the bandit out to the track. Mm-hmm. I could see you giggling madly for that. Maniacally. <laughs> yeah, because one of the things i got to learn on that thing is understanding its traction behavior a little better. Because mm-hmm. it is way weight forward, and it, that boy, the slightest bit of wobble on that rear wheel is just like, eh, grip, uh, fuck it. <laughs> I'm just going to spin wildly. It, 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 that thing breaks the rear wheel loose if you just crack off the gas too hard. Uh-huh. It's kind of ridiculous. Well, there you go. Yeah. You should yeah. totally do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to the Moto Tours Mileage Mania, mm-hmm. raising money for charity, uh, and riding your bike. It's go a really th- rough, rough arrangement that. Yep. Go check out mototours.com slash weblog slash 2017 dash mileage dash mania. I'll have the full link in the show notes, but go check out, sign up and, you know, do something nice with your life. Mm-hmm. Like ride your bike. Yep. It's tough all over. 
What have you learned this week, Chuck? Turbo Dick. 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 Steve. Steve. Turbo Dick. Turbo Dick. Turbo Dick. Turbo Dick. Private Eye? Private Dick. Not so private, ladies. My life is richer before this conversation. Measurably richer. That's all we got time for this week. Until next week, I'm Todd. I'm Steve Turbo Dick. Ride safe, everyone. Ride it. Yeah. The end. You can contact us at wheelnerds at gmail.com or leave us a message at area code 801-917-4136. Record an intro for our show of you and your bike and maybe it'll be on a future show. Stickers and other merchandise is available at our website, www.wheelnerds.com. If you use iTunes or Stitcher, please leave a review for us. Hell, write our URL on bathroom walls if it helps. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheelnerds production, all rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent. <laughs> the end. <laughs> Tune in for another thrilling adventure of Steve Turbo Turbo Dick. Dick. Private Dick. Oh, Steve! 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 My jewels have been stolen! I see them getting away. (laughs) Don't worry. I'll catch him. Oh, we've got you, Steve Turbo Dick. You're tied up here in our little house. No one can save you now, except for... (laughs) Raptor Cat! That would be a great crossover. Mm -hmm. I would watch that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I watched that whole series of three episodes.